Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey guys, good morning, Akuo Church. I am so excited to be with you guys here this morning. And just to get ahead of it, I just want to get ahead of anyone who was excited and probably invited someone, perhaps a family member or a friend or a coworker or something like that saying something along the lines of like, you have to come to church with me. Our pastor is amazing and he gives such good messages that connect the gospel in such a simple way that he will even twerk on stage if I'm struggling to connect with it. I am sorry. That is not me, that is Pastor Humby. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you have to come in person, or I encourage you to just come back next week and see Humby in action. But this week, you are stuck with me, and I have the opportunity to continue the series that we are in, where we are talking through the four L's of Akuo, or the way that I think of them in my head, the four principles that we are going to use to guide us as we live out our mission here at Akuo to exist in community with Jesus and one another. So Humby walked us through two weeks of what it looks like to listen to God, and this week I will be introducing the next one, which is love people. And it's so fitting, as we all probably recently had love on the brain, seeing that we just went through Valentine's Day, there's this interesting phenomenon that you may have observed in full effect on that day that has actually been studied in psychology. It is a psychological observation called the convergence of physical appearance. I don't talk science. I needed it in plain English, so here it is simply, couples that spend a lot of time together begin to look like each other. Maybe you see it here within some of our own people, maybe you're thinking of people you've run across in the wild, or maybe you see it in your own relationship and you're turning over to your spouse thinking, dang, I knew you started to get better looking after we got together. And to my future wife and kids, I am sorry that you will begin to look like me. But the phenomenon is everywhere. And the data actually shows that physical appearance will change. Think facial features or body composition. And this is due to being in the same environment, like eating the same food, doing the same activities, whether running or watching Netflix on the couch. You sleep the same amount of time and you just breathe the same air for long extended periods of time. When you spend a lot of time with someone, you do begin to resemble them. And maybe that's a stretch too far for you because you don't see it at all. Or perhaps you're like, well, I'm not married. I look like a single lady or a single dude. But this doesn't only apply to spouses. This goes into non-romantic relationships too, as there's another component to this called behavioral mimicry. And we all experience this every single day. And what that is, is you will begin to talk and act and move, developing the mannerisms and vocabulary of who you hang out with romantically or not. So let's take a second here, Let, let's think about this. Maybe some of you guys are in a community group and all of a sudden you begin to use the same language and terminology as everyone else. Or maybe when you were growing up, your abuelita always kept fresh baked cookies on the table, so now you make sure you always have snacks around you and your family. Maybe you saw your boy or your girl get into a relationship and all of a sudden you see them wearing the same shoes and matching clothes and you think they must really love each other to be matching all the time. Or maybe, on a more serious note, you had friends who skipped school a lot, so you did too. 
and now you struggle to complete anything you start. Or perhaps you hung out with someone you hung out with, introduced you to a gateway drug or porn, and now you're stuck in a cycle of consuming it that you just can't seem to break. Or maybe you had a family member or a partner who always told you that you were stupid and you weren't good enough, and now you deal with anxiety or perfectionism or fear that no one loves you. Here's a quote that summarizes both of those observations very simply in my opinion. It is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Or in another, even shorter way, your community forms you. You look like who you love and you act like who you know. So here's a question for us today. Who do you look like? And who do you act like? And is it who you want? So now let's ask the same question for us collectively as a community of people. Who do we as a church, both Akuo and the greater church, look and act like? Do we look and act like God? And if we're being honest here right now, a lot of us probably want more for ourselves. And we definitely expect more from the church, from the body of people meant to represent Christ in this world. There could very well be a deep disconnect that we notice when we think through the notion that we look like who we love and we act like who we know. And if we are going to exist as a community that wants to love people, first, we need to answer the question of, who is it that we love and who exactly is it that we know? So where do we go from here? You know, in any other area of life, you would probably start looking for someone who talks a lot about what you're trying to find out, right? So you'd probably come to me to talk about guitars and you'd probably go to Alyssa to talk about kids. And you'd probably go to Humby to talk about dad jokes and dance moves, right? This seems to make sense, right? It's good wisdom to go to a person who just does not shut up talking about the thing you need to find out more about. And it's also good wisdom to have an exit plan in your pocket just in case, guys, just letting you know. So when we're looking at the scripture, who is it that just cannot stop talking about what it means to love and know God? Well, one of the writers who spent a lot of time with Jesus and talked a lot about this was actually the disciple John. John lived and did life with Jesus and he experienced so many things with him. But on top of all of that, he's the person in the New Testament that accounts for 50% of the time the words love and the word know are used as we are trying to dive deeper into this idea that it seems that John would have a very special insight for us as we explore these questions, especially when it relates to God and to us as a church. Another thing to note is that he was also talking to a community of people who were struggling with deciphering who God was and whether or not it was Jesus. And the coincidental cherry on top of all of that as we're talking about loving people is that John himself became known as a disciple of love. But this isn't because he was always sunshine and rainbows and a pacifist though. In fact, he used to be known as the son of thunder, which sounds freaking awesome, but it's not a good thing. It was actually because he, was, he used to be pretty aggressive and antagonistic and a guy who was ready to throw down all the time. There's actually an incident recorded in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus and his disciples were traveling a long distance, but they needed a place to stay the night. Now, they didn't exactly pick the friendliest neighborhood to set up camp, and Jesus was met with opposition from the villagers who didn't allow him to stay because they were actually being racist against Jesus, 
who was a Jew. Well, John, the son of thunder, and his brother, who was probably son of lightning, turned to Jesus and was like, yo, Jesus, I got your back. I will pray fire down from heaven and blow these fools up, right? And Jesus obviously didn't want that. He quickly rebuked them, and he's like, dude, I came here to save people, not to blow them up. Come on, John, it's not that hard. But eventually, it all clicked for John, and he came to be known as a disciple of love, even to the point of calling himself that with the moniker he created for himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. So yeah, I think John will have really interesting insight on everything we're looking at right now. So let's see what he has to say about who we love and who we know and the person of Jesus and whether or not he is God. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. So immediately as we begin, I want us to pay attention to the language that John is actually using here to address his community. In our language of English, we read dear friends, but in the context that he was speaking in, in the original language, it is so much sweeter. When we read friends, what he actually writes is more strongly associated with like familial ties like that of a brother or sister because he greatly cared for them. So it was something more akin to my dearly esteemed, my worthy of love in whom I delight, or in a shorter, simpler way for our purposes today, my beloved. So what I want us to do as you're online watching is I want you to think of someone in your head and just call them, you are my beloved. Now that you did that, think of someone else someone that you may be sitting with, and tell them you are my beloved too. And now for this third time, I'm sorry introverts, but I want you to take your phone out and actually text someone randomly, you are my beloved. And what I really want to do with that, the reason I wanted us to do that, is because I wanted you to work for that one. I wanted you to show a little more effort in calling your own community my dearly esteemed, my worthy of love and whom I delight in, my beloved. Because the next word that I really, really want us to focus on today with the hope for us to learn to love people is obviously the big L word in question, love. And the word that John uses here is the word agapao. Go ahead and say that to your beloved next to you. You see, the word agapao refers to a transforming love, an active love. The original readers of the scriptures would actually immediately associate it in their language with breathing, as in I breathe after this thing or this person. I agapao, I actively love it so deeply that it is in my being, what brings me life. It is a love that is active and alive, a love that actually breathes in and breathes out. Agapao. When John, along with the other writers of scriptures, utilize that word, it is so much richer and deeper than what we think of in our society today. When we think of love, even though we have endless songs and books and movies and so many things that speak and use the word love, what it typically refers to is the love known as phileo. Not fideo, phileo. A passive love rather than an active, breathing love that we learned is known as agapao. And unfortunately, the meaning of it all gets lost in translation for us. When our Western world uses one word for both agapao love and phileo love, 
We confuse the two and change the intended biblical concept of love that is active. Our culture has replaced the breathing love of agapao with the mere feeling of love, a passive love, with phileo, a feeling. And perhaps you too have noticed our tendency to look and act more like phileo, a love that is more emotionally attached with the experiences of fictional characters of a Netflix series than with the lives of the real people we see on a daily basis. A love that is overwhelmed to the point of tears at a documentary or news story, yet sits on that emotion and regulates it to a mere talking point within passing conversation. One that posts on social media or puts up a yard sign, but does not actually move to create relationships with those who are affected by what it so passionately is announcing. A love that is moved by a message, but does not answer the call to serve those the message is pointing us to. And let's be real here, guys. For the greater church, it can very well look like a John 3.16 highlighted in our Bible, quoted in our bio, and slapped on a coffee mug with many of us never actually becoming the agapao love to those who see it and probably need it. Honestly, maybe you're like me and I've been applauded observing when the greater church many times actually does the exact opposite of becoming love and look more like a divisive doctrine, a political agenda, or an affluent comfort that it constantly preaches against knowing and loving. We live in a culture where we feel love often, but we become love rarely. We're inwardly moved, but outwardly stagnant. We don't really resemble a love that the writers of the scripture speak about. We look and act more like the feeling of love because that's what we love and know. Phileo, a feeling. Do we love people or do we simply feel love for people? Akuo, if we're gonna be a church that wants to love people, we must become a people of love or more accurately, become a people who know love. So what does it actually mean to know love? See, when John writes, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God, the one who does not love does not know God. What does he mean with that? Well, the word he uses here for know is the word gnosko. And what that translates to is to come to know or to become acquainted with. And to the original readers of John's letter, gnosko would have carried the strong connotations of a close and intimate relationship with someone. You see, what John is showing us is that there comes a point in our spiritual journey when our understanding and knowing of God, our relationship and acquaintance with Him, is most profoundly experienced when we love people. Why? Because of what John points out to us immediately afterwards because God is love. God's very essence is love and not just any love, but an agapao love, a breathing and active love. And it is so important for us to note this because if we want to know God, we have to love people. And if we want to love people, we have to know God. It's a cycle. Remember when you first fall in love with someone and all you want to do is hang out with them and know everything about them, texting 24-7, calling, doing everything together. And if that person is actually cool and like comes to a cool and serves on an A-team and are in a community group, the more you find out about them, the more you love them, right? It's a beautiful, never-ending rhythm and dance, almost like breathing in 
and breathing out. God is agapao. And while so seemingly simple, John here is telling us so much more about God and our relationship and knowing of him than we actually realize. God is love. This is singled out in scripture as God's identity. When John shows us that God is love, he is also showing us what God is not. And that is so important for our lives because if God is first and foremost power, then authority and influence over others is how we become like God. And if God is first and foremost knowledge, then that means to gain intellect and information is to become like God. And I'd be out of luck. If God is first and foremost productivity or discipline or rules or purity, then those would be the ways we become like God. By working our fingers to the bone, white knuckling through every situation, and by reading my Bible 24-7 and staying away from everyone who does not. But instead, because God is love, becoming love is to become like God. So go ahead and read the next verses John writes. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Love consists of this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is made complete in us. In those three simple words and the verses that continue, John communicates an enormous truth that should carry significant implications for us in our lives. God is agapao, an active love, a love that breathes, a living love, a love with breath. Jesus. Jesus looks and is God because Jesus looks and is love. And because God is love, he sent Jesus to us to show the essence of his being, his agapao. He came down to us as Jesus. And to borrow the words of theologian Bruxy Cavey, rather than give us new rules, Jesus took the principles embedded within the rules and wrapped them in human life. So the entire life of Jesus, his teachings, and his example becomes God's word, God's love to us. This is good news because it is easier or at least clearer to follow an example of a person than to try and translate it into living action, a collection of commandments that have no context. Now take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. That is good news. That is really good news. So how did love look and act? He looked like helping a neighbor in need. And he looked like feeding the hungry and clothing the cold. He acted like forgiveness even to those who hate him, listening to those in need of compassion. It was like the pursuit of those who need love. He looked and acted like agapao. Jesus looks and acts like God because he is God. Akua, we want to look and act like Jesus. But I get it, all of those things, the things that Jesus did can be an incredibly hard place to start. Guys, I am right there with you. All of what I'm saying applies to me too. And to be honest, I'm still figuring it out as I go. But luckily for you and I, Jesus provides a model where we should go, who we should become, but just as importantly, where we need to start in order to become Agapao 
to become like him. You see, the ministry of Jesus and his impact on the community, his love people, did not start with preaching or miracles. It started with him receiving love. In all four of the gospels before Jesus calls any of the disciples or performs any miracles or gives any great teachings, he first went to receive love from the Father. We're shown that Jesus made it a point to go to the Jordan River to get baptized before beginning his ministry. And when he was lifted up out of the water, there was a voice from heaven, the voice of God that said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This is my dearly esteemed, my worthy of love, the one whom I breathe after, my beloved. Receive my love and now go and become my love. And what's really interesting when we go back to think about agapao and the connection the original readers of the Gospels would have made with love being connected to breathing is this. You can only breathe out what you breathe in. You can only love as much as you receive love. And when Jesus is baptized, let's remember, he's not only fully God, but he is also fully human like us. So just as we would naturally do before being submerged underwater, Jesus showed us to breathe in and then breathe out after being lavished in love. You can only breathe out what you breathe in. You can only truly become love once you receive love. Akuo, love people doesn't start with love people. Love people starts with listening to God with listening to his voice, telling you to receive his love that then calls you his beloved. And I know it can be hard. Sometimes our feelings are louder than God's voice in our lives. And if that's you, you're in good company. I experienced that as well. Just this past week, as I was trying to prepare for this message, I really needed to hear God's voice and receive his love. If I was ever going to have a hope of trying to become love for him today and for the rest of my life. Let me just remind us that God's love is active. It pursues, and he showed me that this past week, that if, if I was actually going to uh, become love, I had to ignore my feelings and get past them because I was actually going through a really deep, intense feeling of loneliness and hopelessness. My feelings were louder than his voice. Yet despite that, he still met me there in my feels. He actually met me at a coffee shop where I just sat down and was working with the random stranger who comes over and taps me on the shoulder as I had my laptop open with my headphones on. So I had to take them out and listen to what he had to say. And he goes on to ask me a question. He goes, are you a youth pastor? To which I immediately go, <gasps> I work at a church, how did you know? But he just saw me working on Humvee's semester slides and saw scripture on the screen, but he gave me really cool insight on it. And as an introvert, my natural inclination, especially when I'm feeling down, is to isolate and not talk to strangers. But for whatever reason, I felt like I needed to chat and listen to him. And eventually we started talking about this next passage and I felt God was telling me, Abel, this is for you. And this is for my people. This is how I want to show my love to Akuo. And coincidentally, it still comes from the disciple of love's writings, from John's writings. But this time in his gospel account, this is actually the way he ends his telling of the good news. So I did a little bit of research, so allow me to contextualize it for you really quickly. This is a conversation Jesus has with one of his disciples, Peter, 
who had just promised Jesus that he would never abandon him. But before he is even crucified, he denies him not once, not twice, but three times. And then he goes on to abandon him because Jesus' voice is no longer right in his ear. But Jesus is agapao, a living, breathing love, a love that was resurrected and is now alive and went to meet Peter where he was, and he asked him these questions. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs, he told him. A second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. You see, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Love my people. Again, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then go and love my people. And a third time, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know my heart. You know that I love you. Then love my people. Now, I want to read this one more time, but give you the conversation and what it actually looked like. And I also wanna remind us that Peter, the person that denied and abandoned Jesus, is actually the person that Jesus said he would build his church upon. This is speaking directly to his future church, directly to us, Akuo. And this is how the conversation actually went. It went, you that I will build my church upon, do you agapao me? Yes, Lord, you know that I phileo you. No, 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 no. I need you to become my love for people. Do you agapao me? Yes, Lord, I phileo you. No, Peter, I want you to become my love, not just feel my love. Jesus is asking him, us, do you love me? But the response is, yes, Lord, I feel love for you. And Jesus, in all his love and grace, does this the third and final time. Jesus asks Peter, you that I will build my church upon, do you phileo me? Do you even feel love for me? When Peter realizes that Jesus changed his question and met him where he was, met him in his feels, the same way he met me at a coffee shop, which big reveal, guys, the name of that coffee shop was actually Philo, Phileo. He met me and will meet you in your phileo because he is the living, breathing, active love that pursues people. And upon hearing this, my heart and Peter's heart were deeply impacted. You see, what Jesus is doing here is he is going, Peter, no, no, look at what I am doing. I will meet you where you are because I am listening to you first and because I love you first. Receive that and then go do the same. And if we needed any more confirmation that he is speaking to us as a church, Akuo, Jesus has a final instruction for how Peter and the people he will build his church upon are to become his love. Jesus tells us, follow me. And in the original language, the word that he uses is the word, Aku Lutheo. 
Does that word not look familiar to us, Akuo? The path to loving people begins with following Jesus, who looks and acts like God, who looks and acts like love because he is love. And just like the word he uses for follow me, akulutheo looks like akuo. Loving God and loving people begins with listen to God. We need to hear and listen to his voice, receive his love for us before we can truly go and become love. So I want us to do that now. I want us to listen to God and what he is speaking over you and to you. And to some of us, it may look like go and follow what I did first. Breathe in my love and breathe out my love. Believe in me, trust in me, be baptized in my love. Receive that, listen to my voice and let me call you my beloved. Believe in me and receive me. And to others of us, it can go like, look and see my love for you and go and be that love to others. Follow me. This is a bo both a moment for you who may not know that love and you who may only feel that love. So the guiding question for our listening time applies to both those who are yet to believe and receive Jesus's love and those who believe but need to become that love. So take the next minute or two and say or pray this. Jesus, I receive your love. Now please show me how to follow you. Show me to whom I can go and become loved to. So let's take the next minute or so and listen to and receive his love. Now let's pray. Jesus, thank you for everything that you've done for us, for being love and modeling love, 
I pray that you would help us receive your love first and then go on to become your love. We thank you that you showed us love by dying on a cross, but then being resurrected and winning victory over everything, Lord. Help us hear your voice. Help us hear that you are calling us your beloved and help us become your love to others. Jesus, the best that we know how, we love you and we thank you for everything. In your precious and mighty name, the name that is love, amen. All right, guys, thank you for being a part of this today. Before we go, there's a few things that I'd like to share with you, the first of which are community groups. We have community groups happening all over the place, guys. And if you need a place to receive love and learn how to become love, community groups are the place to do it. All you have to do is go to our website or we're gonna link it down in the description of this video so you don't have to go look elsewhere. So just check it out, join a group. It could be one of the greatest things that you do with your life here at Akuo. One of the other things, if you're trying to figure out how to become love, we have opportunities to serve at Akuo all the time. There are places in worship or in kids' ministry or in a welcoming team that we could always use more people to show love to. So if you wanna do that, you can also find that on our website. Now, another thing that I wanna do is celebrate our generosity as a church, your generosity. Because of your generosity, we are able to send some of our team over to conferences to learn and grow how to become more like Jesus. We're able to provide help to grow who just went through a traumatic event and needed a place to stay and people to be there for her. We're able to accomplish more with the neighbors that we have across the street from us and just show love to them in very tangible ways. So maybe you wanna show love in that way, maybe you can't. Allow us to show love to you. So if you need love and you need help, just email us at help at akuo.church or you can call and text the church at 210-901 8785. But if you do uh, want to give and you can show love in that way, you can simply text Akuo and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. Now, if you don't want to give electronically, you can just send a check over to our PO box uh, if you would want to do it that way. For that, all you have to do is mail a check in an envelope that says Akuo at PO box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas 78201. All right, guys, that's all that I have. Let me pray for you guys one more time before we go. Father, just thank you so much for allowing us to come and gather as a community, whether online or in person, Father. We appreciate and are so grateful that you would show us love through Jesus, and that you would provide a model for us as to how we can become like you and experience life to the full. The best that we know how, Lord, we look to you. And I just pray that you would speak to everyone that is listening throughout the week and show them your love throughout creation, throughout people, throughout your voice. Jesus, we love you so much. We pray all these things in your mighty name. Everyone said, amen. All right, guys, that's all that I have for you guys. We'll see you at a community group soon. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O.church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.